think through the holidays of the year, from New Year's Day all the way around the calendar to the next New Year's Eve, we do quite a bit of celebrating and remembering, don't we? According to Barbara Rainey, we are hardwired for this. I started thinking about this many years ago. I was actually longing for something like this when I was at home raising our six kids. Because as the holidays rolled around, it's interesting when you have children, kids know intuitively something's different about this day or about this season. Welcome to the Barbara Rainey Podcast, helping you be changed by Jesus, which will in turn transform your home. It's so good to have you along. I think it's a setup that God has orchestrated for us to be able to pour truth into our kids' hearts. And it's primarily because the basis for most of our holidays are actually biblical. And so even though the Old Testament people didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, God made a big deal about us being thankful people and being grateful for what He has done. And I think that that whole pattern that God initiated with His people of coming to Jerusalem three times a year, of having those feast days, feast uh, seasons in their lives, He knows how easy it is for us to forget Him. He knows how prone we are to wander. And so He says, gather together, come together, and remember me. There's something about the repetition, the traditions, the songs we sing, and the break in our routines that helps reinforce and shape concepts of history, even theology. Barbara says it extends to all of us beyond Old Testament times and traditions. Right especially Easter, because Easter is the New Testament holiday that sprung from Passover. And Easter occurred simultaneously with Passover, the year that Jesus was crucified. And even Christmas somewhat parallels the Festival of Lights, which wasn't one of the original festivals that God initiated in the Old Testament, but it is one that is and was celebrated for many, many centuries by the Jewish people. So, Our holidays have a reflection back to what God initiated in the Old Testament. So when we take time to celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas, when we take time to celebrate His resurrection at Easter, we are mimicking, we're continuing the traditions that God established in the Old Testament. And those holidays help us remember who God is and what He has done and the privilege of belonging to Him, the absolute amazing truth that Jesus came to earth at Christmas. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And that he came to earth in order to die. And so when we get our families together around those two holidays in particular, and we talk about what Jesus did, it's a great opportunity to teach them. It's a great opportunity to remind them and ourselves of how great our redemption is, how great our salvation is. And that adds so much meaning. It adds so much depth to your family when you can center your holiday around the true meaning behind it. You and I are created to respond well to the various rhythms of life. When he created us, God knew we were going to need rest. So he modeled that for us by resting on the seventh day. So We need regular times of rest. We have monthly celebrations and annual ones as well. The irony, of course, comes when we turn days that were meant to be breaks from work into high-pressure scenarios with long to-do lists, and we put ourselves under the pile. Jesus criticized our tendency to heap up our own obligations and rules onto things when he said, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
For years, Barbara has worked hard to help families redeem the holidays to make them spiritually significant in our lives. That really is a desire of my heart, and I believe that God put it there 20 or 30 years ago when I was raising my kids and longing for a way to take the commercialism out of Christmas and focus on Jesus and to take Easter and make much more out of Easter, to elevate Easter, to focus on what Christ did for us. And I was so swamped with my children. I was so busy. I was so tired all the time that even though I tried to come up with some creative things, I just didn't have the capacity in that season of my life. But as I became an empty nester, I began to have the time and the creativity started to come back. And God in his kindness, opened some doors for me to be able to work on helping young moms like I used to be have ways, have resources, have things they can do with their kids so that they can point them to the real reason for the season. This year, Easter Sunday falls on April 17th, 2022. There are so many opportunities for parents to prompt Easter-related discussions with their children, and there are some helpful resources to use along the way. Here, Barbara describes one of them, Family Life's Resurrection Eggs. Well, there are 12 eggs in the set. It's an egg carton shaped just like the kind you buy at the grocery store with 12 plastic eggs that open. And in each egg, there is a little symbol. um, And then there's an accompanying little story that you read. And it walks children through what Jesus went through to purchase for us our salvation. And so it's a very easy, tactile experience for little children, especially to Go for an egg hunt and find the eggs. And then as you read the story, you know, the reader says, who has egg number one, the pink one or whatever the color is, I can't remember. And they say, this is, you know, and so then you explain what that is and why that's significant. And I think what Resurrection Eggs showed us in those early years, especially because they sold like hotcakes, we had no idea that they were going to be that popular. But I think what that tells us is that there's this latent need, this desire that we feel is believers to be able to exalt Christ at Easter, and we just don't know how to do it because the culture has made Easter all about bunnies and chicks and flowers and pastel colors, and it's not about the cross. It's not about the resurrection. And as believers, we're not quite sure how to make that turn. The Resurrection Eggs are produced by Family Life. You'll find a link to how you can order a set at our website, everthinehome.com Easter. There's another helpful resource designed to draw our thoughts toward our Savior here in these days leading up to Resurrection Sunday. It's a set of cards from Ever Thine Home. Well, the original intention for those was to help make your meal on Easter meaningful. So whether you have a big brunch or you have a nice dinner after church on Sunday or if you choose to do something in the evening, it's a way for you to have a meaningful experience at the dinner table and have a meaningful conversation. And so what they are is a set of eight cards, and you can put them on the plates or around the table, and they're numbered. And what it does is from card one to card eight, it tells the story of the cross. It tells the story of Jesus going to the cross and then the resurrection at the end. And so it reminds you as you gather with family or friends, this is why this day matters. This is what Jesus did. The cards tie the experience into the Passover feast um, and a number of other things that are woven throughout the Old Testament. So it helps us learn, too, as we read them, the meaning behind what Jesus did for us. And even if you live by yourself, the Resurrection Day cards 
provide great devotional reading through the week leading up to Easter. It gives you a wonderful opportunity to meditate on the symbols, the pictures of the resurrection that are hidden all through history, and ultimately they're fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The cards have drawings on them. These are images that represent the different events associated with and surrounding the death and resurrection of Christ. Yeah, I found this old book at a garage sale, and it was a book about Easter. And when I flipped it open, every other page or so was illustrated with these amazing pencil drawings, line drawings. I bought the book for 50 cents or something, brought it home, and we contacted the publisher, and they gave us permission to use those. So not only do the cards have rich, wonderful stories to read, but the opposite side has an amazing pencil drawing of Jesus or his hands praying or the angel at the tomb. I mean, they're, they're incredible artwork. I'll let you know more about the Resurrection Day devotional cards coming up. But Barbara points out the importance of what we're actually celebrating at Easter. Here she quotes the English author and theologian N.T. Wright. He said, this is our greatest festival. For Christians, it's the pinnacle of our faith. It's what holds it all together. If it weren't for the cross, Christmas would be meaningless. We wouldn't even know it happened, probably. And he went on to say, take Christmas away, and in biblical terms, you lose two chapters at the front of Matthew and two chapters at the front of Luke, but nothing else. If you take Easter away, you don't have a New Testament. You don't have Christianity. And as Paul says, we are still in our sins. And he goes on to write about how we need to make this an exuberant celebration. We need to jump up and down and cheer and dance and clap. We need to be happy. We need to rejoice. I mean, think of what the disciples felt when the women went to the tomb and he wasn't there. And when they believed, do you think they just were excited on Resurrection Day and then Monday morning got up and went back to life as normal? No! They were transformed for the rest of their lives. And we've become so familiar with the story, so familiar with the holiday, that we go to church, we may dress a little differently, the music may be slightly altered from normal. We go home and have a nice big lunch, maybe. The television goes back on, kids go out and play, and it's over. And we get up and go to work or to school on Monday morning as if nothing happened. And it just kills me. It grieves me. I, it's so wrong. But I think even though we intuitively as believers know something needs to be different, again, no one knows what to do. So I'm on this personal crusade of sorts to say, we need to make a big deal out of Easter. We need to elevate it. We need to have a grand, glorious, fabulous party. I'm not talking about making it full of consumerism like Christmas. I'm not talking about replicating anything that we have at Christmas. I'm just talking about gathering with family, friends, your whole church, whatever it takes to make a big celebration and make a big statement. And when you think about it, the world is watching us as believers, right? They see a lot of believers go through 40 days of Lent. They see them give up something. They see them be sort of sad or whatever. And then they see Easter come and it's over in a couple of hours. And I think they probably look at us and think we're kind of strange. And I think instead, if we had this amazing celebration um, with a feast and with music and clapping and all of that, I think the world might take notice and go, oh, they're really serious about this Jesus. They really believe that this was important. Look how they celebrate. And so I think we have a great opportunity to 
witness to the watching world to proclaim our faith on Easter Sunday in a way that people will take notice. And they will say, oh, there must be something about this Jesus, and I want to know more. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is sometimes referred to as the resurrection chapter of the Bible. In that passage, Paul ticks off a list of the things that would be true if there were no resurrection. And among them, he said, we would still be in our sins. He said, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are, of all people, most to be pitied. But the fact that he did rise gives purpose to our lives. We're accurately representing God. Our faith does have meaning. Sin no longer has dominion over us. We have the hope of life after death. And we are, of all people, most blessed. The curse is undone, and that is worth celebrating. Still, it takes intentionality. It takes some time to focus on what he's done. And then, beyond that, to celebrate it. And I agree. I think it has become ho-hum for all of us. And I'm included in that, too, although I'm working really hard to change it. Not too long ago, Barbara, her husband Dennis, and the whole Rainey clan went out of their way to intentionally make a big deal about Easter. It was really a wonderful experience. I thought, okay, I can talk about this, I can think about this, I can write about this, but I need to do something about this. And so we had the opportunity for five of our six children and their spouses and their children to come home for Easter weekend. And we've never done that since they left home. Our kids come home at Thanksgiving, sometimes at Christmas, but we've never gathered for Easter. And so that in and of itself was a significant change. And then I decided that we were going to have a feast like none other on Easter Sunday. And we got these tables that I borrowed from a friend, and there are 30 of us. We had three tables end to end, and it really did look like a table that went on forever. And I borrowed chairs from friends, and I set the table all in white and gold, um, borrowed white plates from friends so that I had enough plates because I don't have 30 white plates. But I created this atmosphere with lots and lots of candles. And my kids kind of looked at me funny when I asked them this, but I asked them if they would all dress in white. People used to always wear white at Easter, and it wasn't just because it was a, a nice thing to do. But people dressed in white symbolically to say, this is what Christ has done for me. He has saved me and he has washed me clean from my sin. And because of the resurrection, I am clean. And one day in heaven, we will be dressed in white linen, sparkling and bright. And so on Easter Sunday, not only do we celebrate what Jesus did, but if we wear white, we're foretelling what will happen one day when we have the marriage supper of the Lamb and we will be seated at a really long table, all dressed in white. And we had such a great time. We, I hired someone to cook because I didn't have time to do all that. And we brought in all this food and we had it in a neighbor's barn who has an upstairs. And we lit all the candles and we played music and we had a great feast. And then after it was over, we decided that we were, I wanted to dance. I just wasn't sure how it was going to work. We're not great dancers, but we played all this music and with the kids, we got out there and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't beautiful dancing, but what it was is it was celebratory. And all of us together got out on the floor and the little kids were jumping and doing cartwheels and the big people were feeling awkward because we've never done this before except at a wedding. And yet I wanted us to collectively celebrate the resurrection as if it had just happened that day and we had just seen Jesus alive and we couldn't contain ourselves. 
And so it was my first stab at trying to to initiate that into our family and to invite our family into celebrating with great exuberance because that's what Easter deserves. Well, you might not be able to have a barn dance to celebrate Easter like the Rainies did, but you and I can definitely be more intentional about making it special in some way. So we threw out two suggestions today, two resources you might find helpful. First, resurrection eggs from Family Life. These are plastic eggs filled with not candy, but little symbols inside them designed to help you walk through the story of Jesus' betrayal, suffering, death, and resurrection. It's a powerful tool, especially for helping get conversations going. And then we talked about the set of eight Resurrection Day devotional cards you can use these at your table on Easter Sunday or during a special meal anytime, or you can display them somewhere in your home. They'll help you meditate on what Christ has done for us. We'll send them to you for a donation of $50 or more. All the details are at our website, everthinehome.com Easter. Once again, that's everthinehome.com Easter. Well, thanks for listening. May your heart be full of the wonder of what God has done for you as you celebrate Easter this year. I'm Phil Krause inviting you back for another episode of the Barbara Rainey Podcast from Everthine Home.